as I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is what Midnight Sun should be, where it's like mm-hmm. explaining why Bella, who is blank, is so fascinating. Because... It's because her like blood dances in her veins or yeah. whatever, and be... like the, her mind is a closed door that begs to be opened. Yeah. Like that's gonna be what's going on. It would be like if spaghetti like came up to the door for me and was like, hey, and I would be like, what the hell? Why can't I eat this spaghetti? <laughs> Spaghetti, why are you talking? Also, can I eat you? Welcome to Fine Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And this is the end of our Twilight July. Next up is Twilight August. (laughs) And I don't even like Twilight that much. That's what you think now. Uh, But once... I love talking about Twilight. (laughs) It enrages me in many ways. No, it's, yeah, it... It has an emotional depth in its shallowness. It does. It really does. <laughs> so today, so you asked me to bring a yes. um, Twilight fanfiction from posted before the movie was released. Yeah. Yeah. So I found, and then I think you had also asked for where I decided to add this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was a non-traditional pairing. Or mm-hmm. a oh, side, yes, yes, yes. Or like a side, side pairing. Side Yes. The pairing I have brought you today is Alice and Bella. Excellent. And I feel like a lot of people want this. It was good. Um, and so I read up on um, Alice's character to try and think of yeah, a... Alice and Emmett I don't remember the backstories yes. of. So I read up on Alice because I was trying to think of a good um, drink pairing. Mm. Um, so Alice's backstory is like she's born in like 1902 or something like that. So like okay. early 1900s. She has a younger sister. The story is like even as a human she had like vaguely psychic powers and so she would mm. like have dreams and predict things um and so she like predicted her mother's murder and then her father remarries and they all kind of think alice is crazy so eventually she gets put in an asylum Mm -hmm. and um a vampire came to visit her in the asylum and was like james the tracker who appears in twilight when they're playing baseball um is looking for you and he is going to do bad i don't know what okay going to do bad and so she like he converts her into a vampire, and then... Is it because he knows about her powers and will think that she yeah. will be a powerful vampire? Yes. I know that's a huge plot yes. point. I think that was why James... And so he, like, turned her, gotcha. and then she is, like, loose for a while, and okay. somehow is not really as affected... Like, doesn't have as bad of a newborn phase as a lot of others, and then eventually she, like... She has, like, a vision about meeting Jasper and, like, just is sitting in a cafe and then he, like, wanders in and she's like, we're together now. And then they, like, eventually hook up with the Collins and... And he was already a vampire, too. Yes. Obviously, if yeah, he was yeah. in the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I'm so mad about this. Anyway, the point was, I was like, what would be an interesting drink for Alice? And so, first mm-hmm. I was trying to think of vampire drinks and then I was like, oh, you know what would be fun? What is a popular drink from the early 1900s? Yes. So this drink is called a Jack Rose. It was a very popular drink in the early 1900s. Jack Rose? Yes. That's funny. Right? <laughs> right? Why didn't we do Titanic? No, honestly, and this is why I almost picked a different drink, because I was like, should I save this drink for a Titanic episode? Ugh. And then I was like, but then here are the ingredients, and this is why I was like, it's got to be... I, it, I can tell it's red, so it's got to have something in there. And so it is a three-fourths of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, two ounces of bonded apple brandy. I couldn't find a small thing of apple brandy, which I also thought was funny. Hashtag Twilight. Apple. <laughs> apple. Um, so I picked um, apple whiskey um, and was just like... so. Very this, similar. So this is my whiskey Jack Rose. 
But and then the final ingredient that really sold it for me was uh, three fourths ounce grenadine, preferably homemade. Which, if you remember my drink from last time, <laughs> you have homemade. Grenadine. I have homemade grenadine. In a perfect world, it would have been served in a uh, chilled coupe glass, which were is that like a whiskey glass? Um, no, it's that that champagne looking glass. Um, the one, the coupe is the glass that Marie Antoinette formed after the shape of her breast. Ah. And so it was the, the, oh, the, the yes, other yes, yes, champagne yes, yes. glass. Of course. Um, and so, which again was very popular in the early 1900s. It smells like old. <laughs> like it smells like an old drink. It does. It reminds me of like, um. I do smell the apple oh, in it, but I yeah. Just, uh, it does smell go. very. It smells really whiskey. It smells dusty. Yeah. It smells like, um, like you ever had like sherry? Like it doesn't smell yeah, like yeah, sherry, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the smell of sherry is just so like old lady <laughs> it's so sour <laughs> and it's red so i was expecting the grenadine syrupy it's really not syrupy it kind of just tastes like whiskey with lemon in it <laughs> like a lot of lemon it does in it. it does it's really funny because i <laughs> at the first like sip when it like crossed my mouth i was like oh it's not bad and then it as you heard i immediately was like oh <laughs> I need to like drink more of it because I don't understand. If it. I if now that I understand what it's gonna taste like, it kind of tastes like cranberry sauce. Um, I wish this w- drink wasn't this color because that's the thing yeah. that's throwing me the most. If I don't look at it, oh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> well, we're in now. Now, this is what it tastes like in the early 1900s. Does this fic ta- take place in the early 1900s? Because that would be fun. No, Damn unfortunately, that would be more fun. <laughs> but our fic today is called "Light Lives in the Darkness." By Phoenix G. Fox. Cute. They're also this author does also write Harry Potter stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I also thought was very Fox. interesting is it um, is that they also for a lot of these fics have also written them in Spanish. Oh, that's fun. So you can so like you a direct their own direct translation. Yes. Oh, that's so yes. cute. And oh, so I, I, I if I knew how to speak, read, or anything <laughs> Spanish, maybe I would have done that. But I don't. I'm so excited. The light lives in the light lives in the darkness she watches she always watches she is observant they say her eyes enormous and piercing can see beyond what's in the realm of the visible for she has been blessed or perhaps cursed with a rare gift a gift that shows her what lies ahead of the road that displays in front of her eyes events that have not yet come to pass her sight although extraordinary is not flawless she cannot see the consequences of every action she does not know the end of every path Many things are clouded and concealed from her eyes, and therefore, if she wants to be useful to those she loves, she must be observant. She must not only watch for the future, but also for what comes to pass in the present, hmm. like normal people. So she has to... Since she can see the hmm. future, she has to also understand, like, the people's motivations to know, like, which path they Which make. path is I think that's what's it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. You have to, like, you have to understand the motivation of the present in order to know, like, which potential action they might mm-hmm. act mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Not even the very wise among them can know which tiny detail will evolve and become a pivotal change, which insignificant gesture will bring them joy or sorrow. Not even she can foresee it all, and so she watches, paying attention to the small changes, the almost imperceivable shifts in everyday lives, measuring them and calculating where they might lead them to. She is the first one to notice Edward's distress over the arrival of a new student, the first one to see his eyes darkening and his resolve wavering. She worries because she sees the gruesome, horrid possibilities that take shape in his future. But she trusts him. (laughs) She knows him well, for for him and her are very much alike, bound by the burden of their gifts and the affinity between their minds and souls. She knows his strength. She knows that despite what her sight shows her, he won't betray them. 
She sees his doubts, his struggle, and in the end she sees his frail triumph. The others catch glimpses of this as well, but not even Carlyle, in all his kindness and wisdom. This is clearly a person who likes Carlyle, unlike <laughs> some two other... Weeks yeah, ago. two weeks Three, ago. Four. Four. Yeah, we've been doing Twilight for so many uh, weeks. Ev yeah, everyone has their own opinion the of Carlyle. <laughs> the, the first Carlyle. Ah. But not even Carlyle, in all his kindness and wisdom, can see what she does, and for the first time, she feels wary, because she sees that Edward is drawn to this unknown human girl. She sees that to him this girl not only embodies temptation, not only possesses a unique, intoxicating smell, he also feels the need to protect her. And she can't understand why, because she is observant and not om omnis ob omniscient. 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 There you go. There it is. I don't words. speak many of these words aloud, <laughs> and so, like, because one does not need to say omniscient. Omniscient in everyday in, speech. Yes. No, I understand. Next time, I'm going to try and work it I've in. started saying the word, like, glean lately. I don't know why. It just, like, I sometimes words just, like, pop into your vocabulary. And you're like, that's going to be part of my I can't imagine why now. I would use omniscient in a sentence. Because none of us are <laughs> omniscient. <laughs> there are many things beyond her understanding. When he opposes most of their family and insists on keeping this girl alive, though, Alice stands by him both were there an argument to kill her? To kill Bella? Yeah. Uh, I would assume one could be, like, potential futures oh, reasons. Sure. Uh, also, he really wants to suck the blood? Sure. I don't know. I'm just wondering if there was, like, a vote that was, like, that was, like, not turned Bella into a vampire She clearly vote. turns into a problem. <laughs> They're like, she either dead or she alive or she a vampire. When he opposes most of their family and insists on keeping this girl alive, though, Alice stands by him both because that's what she has always done and because she wants to know. She wants to know what makes this human different from all others. She wants to see what Edward sees in her. She starts watching the girl as well. She is beautiful. It is not extraordinary, considering she belongs to a family of impossibly perfect features, flawlessly smooth skin and smoldering eyes. She's not even the most beautiful of them. She doesn't possess Edward's bronze hair or Rosalie's statuesque figure. But there's something unique to her, something intrinsically Alice, and, Be and Bella can't quite put her finger on it. Wait, what? Yeah. Un Are the words names backwards there? No, I think this is the one time in the rest of this is Alice. Oh, no, but this, this is, is Bella's one point of view. Yeah, so let's oh, we'll go back. and that, I was like, like, what do you mean the rest of them? Okay, yeah. I am on board now. This is the one time I think Bella inserts, mm. and I wish they had put like a Bella's chapter. point of view. Yeah, Bella's point of view. Yeah. She is beautiful. It is not extraordinary, considering extraordinary. I just think, I just think that extraordinary, sometimes it does seem like extraordinary. That's a song. Like, There's a song lyric that's something Extraordinary. That's so love. Yeah. Yeah. It's not extraordinary, considering she belongs to a family of impossibly <laughs> perfect figures, flawlessly smooth skin, and smoldering eyes. She's not even the most beautiful of them. She doesn't possess Edward's bronze hair. That's rude. But she doesn't possess Edward's brown hair or Rosalie's statuesque figure. Rosalie is canonically the hottest one. It's like, fair. In the books. <laughs> That's true. I feel like it's Rosalie and Emmett, and then Edward is bookish, and then Alice and... Al Alice is, like, very cute. Yes. And Emmett Spunky. is built, I yeah. guess. And Jasper's just a weirdo. Like He's, yep. <laughs> his spiky hair and like giant eyes were really well represented. <laughs> He's an owl and the rest of them are. <laughs> He's not the hot one. He's not the hot one. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Uh, but there's something unique to her, something intrinsically Alice, and Bella can't quite put her finger on it. Perhaps it's her delicate face, which makes her look like a fairy out of a children's tale. Or her graceful movements that would make a prima ballerina jealous. 
Perhaps it's her voice, soft and enchanting, or her eyes, golden depths of knowledge that cannot conceal her inherent sweetness. Back when they first met, Bella's mind is flooded with Edward, 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 <laughs> and horror tales and ancient legends that take form before her eyes. But even then, she can sense something special about Alice. In the beginning, though, Bella thinks nothing of it, as she's mostly curious and a wed. Odd. Odd. <laughs> Man, my reading is really declining. <laughs> Have you read anything in the last two weeks? No. <laughs> no nothing besides um, drink recipes. I've read so much. So <laughs> I've been I've been packing. That's my excuse. That's fair. I'm in grad school, so it's kind of required. <laughs> I'm only reading things that make me laugh, like grenadine, preferably homemade. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, I have literally that. In the beginning, though, Bella thinks nothing of it as she's mostly curious and odd. Later on, she will assume that, that she just feels grateful because Alice is the first one to give her the benefit of the doubt, the first one to open the door for trust and friendship. Alice watches. So we're back in Alice. Yes, of course. <clears throat> Out of the corner of her eye, when Jasper is immersed in his own thoughts, when Rosalie and Emmett are lost in their private world, when Edward is too mesmerized by the object of his fascination to listen to her thoughts, she watches. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart, right? <laughs> Little did we know Alice is the predator. Mm. She watches the girl that will change their fates forever, the girl that holds the key to her brother's heart, and she tries to see what makes her different from all others. She watches and begins taking notes in her mind. Her hair is brown and looks very, very soft, like the fur of a lynx. And according to Mike Newton's comments to Ben Cheney, it sparks red under the sunlight. <clears throat> Alice wonders. She wonders whether her hair would be as soft as she imagines it would be if she thread her fingers through those brown brown curls. She wonders what, whether one day she could see her hair sparkle red under the sunlight, but then she knows those are answers her sight won't grant her. She notices her skin, smooth and almost as pale as her own. Her cheeks blush scarlet easily, and Alice can see why she can become such a dangerous temptation to Edward, a constant reminder of the delicious blood waiting for his teeth just underneath her almost translucent skin. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's like as I was reading this, I was like, "Oh, this is what Midnight Sun should be," where it's like mm -hmm. explaining why Bella, who is blank, is so fascinating. Because... It's because her like blood dances in her veins or yeah. whatever, and like, the, her mind is a closed door that begs to be opened. Yeah. Like that's gonna be what's going on. It would be like if spaghetti like came up to the <laughs> door for me and was like, "Hey," and I would be like, "What the hell? Why can't I eat this spaghetti?" <laughs> Spaghetti, why are you talking? Also, can I eat you? And they'd be like, why is this no. spaghetti so much more delicious than all the other spaghetti? I don't, but why? <laughs> I gotta figure it out. I gotta why hang out with the spaghetti and learn its secrets. Why does this spaghetti so entrance me so? Normally <laughs> I can just bite into it and it's fine, but this spaghetti asks... <laughs> spaghetti has a personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some weird spices uh, in there. It's got some, is that cumin? How odd for to be in spaghetti. She also notices the shadows under her eyes, not unlike her own, and she wonders whether Isabella Swan might be the only human being that never sleeps. She sees it. No, there are. They all sleep. Yeah. Famously, she sleeps enough that Edward can watch her for many hours. Yeah, a night. she like exclusively sleeps. She ceases to wonder whether she sees Edward climbing into her window to watch mm. her dream, and then she starts to wonder what her dreams might be like. For Alice cannot remember. You know what? <laughs> Also, sidebar, it's even more boring for Edward to watch Bella sleep because he can't read her dreams. It would be sick to, like, watch someone else's dreams and be like, dang, that's mm, weird. That'd be fun. Right? It's Maybe he'll do that with somebody else. She ceases to wonder when she sees Edward climbing into her windows to watch her dream, and, th and then she starts to wonder what her dreams might be like, for Alice cannot remember one single dream she'd ever had as a human. 
She pays special attention to her eyes. At first glance, they look common and dull, a regular shade of brown, rude. Nothing, partic <laughs> nothing peculiar in their size or shape. But Alice sees them alight with enthusiasm, darken with sadness, dance from enjoyment. A myriad of emotions are reflected in those brown eyes. Every feeling, every thought poured into them. Alice has never seen eyes so warm, so alive. Their color has nothing to do with her, with her diet or the lighting surrounding her. Their color is a reflection of Bella's mind and soul. Their color and spark are intrinsically hers. She notes her less than graceful movements. She watches her stumble and fall countless times to someone who walks with the natural grace of a ballerina and can run faster than a human's eye could ever see. Bella's clumsiness is incomprehensible. <laughs> it's incomprehensible to us who are humans as well, so it just is. You're not wrong. It makes her all the more curious. And as she watches Edward pull Bella from the front door one more time. What? From, from the, the floor. floor. Wow. From the floor one more time. She wonders what the warm touch of her skin might feel like under the coldness of her own fingers. Ooh, this is real romancy. Right? It's like gonna it. get even more. Spicy! There is a hole inside her. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of hole. Uh, poor but... transitionary warden. <laughs> <laughs> a hole that is eating her alive from the inside out. Oh no. <laughs> The place where her heart, teeth. right? Show me your teeth. <laughs> the place where her heart was once beating is empty now, leaving only hollowness and cold in her chest and a wound that won't heal. She tries not to think about it, not to think about them, not to think about him. Wait, is this Alice or Bella? Yes, this is Bella. She tries, <clears throat> wait, was once beating? This no, has that's gotta, gotta be Alice. Alice. You know, we'll have to contact Bella's very it. dramatic, but that not this too dramatic. This is Alice. For the first Twilight this is This is Alice who has had a hundred years of angst. <laughs> she tries not to think about it, not to think about them, not to think about him, but her mind is treacherous, and more so is her not-quite-dead heart. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's Alice. At the least expected times of thought, a memory filters through the cracks in her armor. The sound of Emmett's laugh will ring in her ears. The flash of gold in Rosalie's hair will blind her eyes. The sweetness of Esme's smiles and the tenderness in Carlyle's eyes will touch her heart. Even the guarded expression on Jasper's face has the power to injure her, and the distant smell of roses leaves her without air in her lungs. She tries to push those images, sounds, and smells out of her mind, out of her memory, and most of the time she succeeds. But then there's them, the two people whose departure has wounded her the most, whose presence is felt in every passing second, in every breath she takes. Because he might have been her Prince Charming, her Romeo, but she was the best friend Bella had ever had, the person she was the most unguarded with, and she misses her terribly, even though she won't acknowledge it because she downright refuses to think of the subject altogether. She misses her eyes, full of understanding and ageless wisdom that could not tarnish her tenderness. She misses her smiles, her dance-like walk and her laughter, harmonious and musical. So is this supposed to be, like, the second book? Maybe. I'm confused why suddenly they're not around each other. Um, Bella has left for some reason. Or... Or they have left. Yeah. Unsure. We'll continue. Yeah, I don't know. She misses their conversations in, hus in hushed whispers, the exchange of confidences and secrets never before revealed. She misses the comfortable silence that silences they used to share. She misses her soothing voice and even her smell, which always managed to make her at ease, not unlike her mother's favorite cologne she did when she was little. She misses the coldness of her touch when she stroked her hair on occasion, misses her words of advice. She longs so much, so hard for her company that sometimes, even in the broad light of day, Bella can see her. Is this Bella? 
I'm so confused. Maybe is her heart dead just because she's sad? I maybe did we change perspectives? I because it makes sense in the she's missing all of the vampires, but mm. then in particular is missing because she she says because he might have been her prince charming, her Romeo, but she was the best friend Bella ever this had. This must be the beginning of New Moon. It must be. Yeah, this must be the beginning of New Moon. Okay. Okay, so this is Bella mourning for missing Alice specifically. Yes, she's like, I miss Edward, her but cold also touch. the cold touch of this Alice. Is... <laughs> she longs so much, so hard for her company that sometimes, even in the broad light of day, Bella can see her, like some fantastic creature that escaped from a forgotten fairy tale. She sees her walking in the shadows just out of her sight, her light steps barely echoing in her mind. Her movements are as graceful as always, her eyes alight and ever observant. Observant. And Bella once more thinks she is not a creature from this world. She is a benevolent spirit, an elf, or perhaps a pixie, some enchanted being that walks as though she were dancing, always away from her reach, her understanding. <clears throat> Those visions of her lost friend end in more heartache and hollowness that when Bella remembers she will never see her again. Her treacherous mind whispers horrid things in her ear, about how Alice did not even say goodbye, about how soon she seems to have forgotten all about her, and in the dark, when shadows seem to engulf her, she wonders whether it was easy for Alice to tear Bella apart from her heart as it was for her brother. Every time she lets such somber thoughts enter her mind, she falls into an uneasy slumber and awakes with a jolt, her screaming worse than ever. That, that is New Moon. That's yes. sad. The vision hits her with a strength not even We're with as... Alice. <laughs> yeah, now we're back with Alice. Flash. <laughs> Flash. Back. The vision hits her with a strength not even a speeding train could have and almost knocks her out. Bella falling, falling into the emptiness, into the cold embrace of dark, deadly waters, sinking down towards her last resting place. Mm. Yep, she's jumped off the cliff. Yes. Alice doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to accept it, but Rosalie adamantly demands to know what has scared her thus. Rosalie, ever the vain creature, believes such terrible vision must affect her or someone dear to her. So she shows relief and some confusion upon hearing Alice's explanation. But Alice is horrified, and her mind is reeling. Oh, Edward, Edward, this is going to kill Edward, and how could you? How could you be so senseless? She doesn't know whether she is referring to Edward, Bella, or herself. She has to find out for sure, even when she doesn't want to, even when she doesn't want to face Charlie's devastated look, Bella's cold corpse, the light in her eyes, gone forever. It's a mixture of relief, confusion, and wonder what swells in her chest when Bella runs towards her and wraps her arms around her neck, sobbing uncontrollably. Alice almost feels like crying herself, even if it's been ages since the last time she shed any tears, and she almost, almost wraps her arms around Bella's lithe form. She almost sinks her face into the, her neck, into the crook of her neck, Do it! and then her intoxicating smell makes her remember. She stiffens, and Bella realizes her mistake, but tears keep rolling down her cheeks, and Alice can't figure out how she can be standing before her, very much alive, when she's seen her fall into darkness. She just thought about it really hard. She just really was... This is the fault of Alice's visions. It's yes. like, it's just, I think I'm going to do this. Uh, yep. I kind of wish Alice was like uh, like Janet, and that she couldn't see any specific future, but she could be like, well, in all of the possible futures, uh, in 55% of them, uh, Bella does kill herself. So maybe we should go. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should double check that. I don't know how, I don't know why, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> There are other concerns, though, that trouble Alice deeply, such as the hollowness she sees in Bella's eyes, once so full of life and emotion. Now they are dark, dull orbs, not a flicker of feeling or hope illuminating them. And she finds the same hollowness, the same excruciating sadness in her voice, in her desperate pleas for her to stay, and Alice thinks that if her heart were still beating, it would break into a million pieces. 
She knew she imagined something like this and warned Edward about it, and yet she was not prepared to see Bella like this, looking so sad and helpless, surrounded by dark clouds of misery. She knows better than to give in to Bella's pleas. She knows that she's breaking her promise to Edward when she's never done such a thing before, that she's compromising Bella's safety just by standing near her when her thirst is so raw and demanding. This has very sexual energy. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> that's the whole underlying plot of Twilight. That is the It's a metaphor for sexual That feelings. is why vampires are sexy. Yes. They want you. <laughs> But she looks like a lost little girl who hasn't known warmth or affection in a long time. Against her instincts, against her better judgment, she stays. And Bella's smile lights up the entire room. Bella is afraid to close her eyes. I think we're in Bella's perspective. Probably. Bella is afraid to close her eyes. But for the first time, it's not the m nightmare she fears. A horrid, malicious voice keeps whispering in her mind that when she opens her eyes again in the morning, she'll realize it was all a dream and Alice will be gone. Mm. Her absence leaving an even more unbearable Alice is in her bed. Ache, right? An even more unbearable ache behind. Alice tries to soothe her fears, but Bella clings to her marble arms like a man lost in the middle of an ocean would cling to a piece of driftwood and begs her to talk about every bit of news on her family, not only because she wants to make sure they are real, with lives of their own that keep going on in spite of her, but also she needs to keep hearing her silvery voice. Alice obliges and just talks about anything and everything, and Bella gets lost in her soft tones, much like all of you are getting lost in my soft tones. <laughs> I'm kidding. Everyone's asleep. <laughs> we don't want that. No, we don't. Uh, in the sweetness of her voice lulling her to sleep, but she refuses to fall asleep. She needs to make sure that Alice is there, next to her, for real, that she won't vanish at daybreak like a dream. She touches her cold, ivory arms to make sure they are not, are not an illusion made of smoke and fantasy, and there's a strange look in Alice's eyes, which are no longer black now, flashing gold instead. But she doesn't try to stop Bella. She caresses her arms and then raises a hand to touch her delicately sculpted face. Her fingers trace the contour of her jaw, her mouth. They graze the arch of her eyebrows and then slide down her cheeks, and then her chin. She is perfect, absolutely perfect, like an angel and as cold as a marble statue. But there she is. She is real, and Bella hopes with all her heart she remains thus. Are they going to make out? I swear to God. <laughs> Bella is barely breathing now, and Alice has stopped talking, and their gaze is locked, and she can no longer read her friend's eyes. But she doesn't care, because where for so long there was a hole in her chest, now there is a whirlwind of confused feelings and erratic emotions that make her feel alive for the first time in months. Mm. She dazzledly thinks that Alice has healed her poisoned wound with just her voice, her smell. She is an angel, she thinks. She is Bella's salvation, and she is not willing to let her go. She does not know when she starts to lean forward, but uh. before she is aware of what she is doing, her face is inches away from Alice's. Uh. As if the vampire sees it coming, she still doesn't try to stop her. Bella hesitates for a fleeting second, but it's not of Edward, she thinks, before closing I'm in, in the distance. I'm in full clench. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not of Edward, she thinks about, before closing in the distance between them and pressing her lips against... Da, 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 da. <clears throat> Alice's own lips. I think we're in Alice's perspective now. Thank God. And it's not at all what she would have expected, but she couldn't have known because she'd only foreseen it a millisecond before <laughs> Bella's warm mouth claimed her own. Oh! It's warm. More than warm. It's blazing like nothing she's ever felt before because Jasper's kisses might be tender and loving and passionate, but they're oh so cold next to Bella's clumsy attempts to claim her mouth. So freezing next to her warm, warm lips and her scorching mouth. 
Alice should know better. She knows better, but the heat is intoxicating, and she feels something rushing through her limbs, through her veins, something that could be boiling blood if her heart hadn't stopped beating years and years ago. Alice had never felt this warm, had never felt this alive before, perhaps because she had no recollection of her human life, perhaps because no one had clung to her with the same reckless abandon Bella shows now. She wraps her arms around Alice's neck and practically jumps into her lap. Yes! Her mouth never leaving hers, her tongue begging for entrance. Her smell is bewitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't always like tongues, but I'm it's just... I'm not a just... big fan of the talk of tongues. Yes, it's... I get it. But it's like, it's part of romance. I but yeah, I agree. I don't... I don't like hearing how the tongue gets made. Well, just like the idea of a tongue begging is like someone with their mouth closed and someone being like just like really like just pushing on it and being like please let me in (laughs) please sir and i want to be let in it's like a cat rubbing at the door (laughs) yeah just like a tongue like doing that on your lips (laughs) i mean if that doesn't make you feel romantic i don't know what will will. continue please Her smell is bewitching, and Alice takes complete leave of her senses as she inhales it, and she places one hand in the small of Bella's back. Yes. Even through the fabric, she can feel her burning skin. She starts caressing her soft, so very soft hair with her free hand. <laughs> Alice's entire body is on fire, heat spreading through her skin in a way sunshine had never been able to provoke. Something rises inside her. She doesn't know what this avid desire for more means. She doesn't know whether it's her thirst raging again or something else entirely. Or perhaps it's both. But when a growl escapes her mouth, she regains consciousness. She doesn't wince. She doesn't jump. She just grabs Bella's fragile shoulders and tenderly pushes her away. No! Bella's eyes are wide and ablaze, her lips red and swollen and more tempting than the incensed blood pulsating in her veins. Alice, she breathes, her voice a throaty whisper. Alice smiles and strokes her hair. I know, Bella. They stare at each other for the longest time. No words are needed. Bella's lower lip trembles as she says, Please, Alice, don't go. Just don't. Alice has a million reasons to leave right now, but Bella is still broken and hollow inside, and her pain its Alice's pain now that they are bound. (laughs) I'll stay, I promise. Bella nods, and she places her head in the crook of Alice's arm, who starts to hum softly as she strokes her hair. Bella's eyes close as Alice keeps rocking her back and forth like a small child, until her breathing becomes more regular, and she falls asleep. Back to Bella. Bella wakes up, but she doesn't want to open her eyes. She is afraid that if she does, Alice will have vanished into thin air, like mythical creatures do when the harsh light of day shatters their enchantment. Then, from the kitchen comes her voice, as soft and melodious as ever when she answers to Charlie's question, and a smile spreads over Bella's face. Alice is there with her, and she knows everything will turn out right. Good smut. Right? <laughs> Not even smut. Good, Not even uh, smut. Romance. Good romance. Would have been good smut. Right? I love a good hand on the small of the back. Right? So good... I like a good feeling each other's heat. Yes. Just like mm. feeling the skin mm-hmm. radiating heat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I did love that it was very much like this could have happened. This could have happened. Mm-hmm. I get, I really like the idea of like, I want to know why my brother's obsessed with this girl and then be f- through the like fascination finding that like romance yeah that's really fun being really like oh maybe it's because her hair's really pretty and maybe it's because she's really she's pretty. so awkward and like <laughs> what's up with that yeah i'd be like i'm really like intrigued with like why would anyone find that clumsiness cute and then all of a sudden you're you like, find it cute and then you're like oh it's just because it is cute i love it <laughs> i love it i'm into it <laughs> i know i'm gonna be disappointed by minutes on like i just know what's gonna happen but <laughs> i hope 
that there is that fun, like, kind of like this one had the tension of like, oh, I'm looking at her and I don't understand her. And so I'm looking at her more because I want to understand her. And then we're making out. And like, I have to pull away even though I just want to, ah, like, you yeah. know, that, the, the good angst, the fun angst, the fun angst, not the sad angst. Not, not, I don't want to read it and be like upset. Right. In this quarantine, has there been any new thing you have watched? Or, like, I'm currently watching... Ew, I'm watching a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. <gasps> Me too! Yay, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, see if you can find a... Oh, I'm into that. An Avatar The Earthbender. The that sounds fun. Um, Fic. And I'm gonna see. If that doesn't exist specifically, I'm sure I could find some other good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't... I mean, pick whatever you want, but mm-hmm. also if you want to bring me, like, Azuka Katara, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, Zuko and anybody, honestly. Literally, we, yeah. Okay, I, will so, re- I will listen to anything about Zuko. I did just see a very compelling TikTok about why Azula and her friend Ty Lee are definitely a couple. <laughs> I saw a very compelling TikTok about how the animators like animate the wind so that we can see it yes but canonically you cannot like, see wind you cannot see wind and so everyone else is like what is Aang, Aang sitting on when he does this little air ball yeah scooter? he's just sitting on an air ball we can see it but they can't maybe like leaves and dust but yeah that's that's and that's i my funny. mind was blown. yes I, I think i saw that one too all right very nice you can give us a five-star review on itunes and we'll write you a short story Maybe. Uh, we, you can also find us on Stitcher or Spotify. You can send us your feelings at findpairingspodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow our cocktails, uh, mostly on Instagram. And you can watch the very funny videos that our editor puts up on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Find Pairings Podcast on both of those social medias. All right. Uh, go watch Avatar. <laughs> that's, that's your homework this week. Your homework is to go watch Avatar for uh, next week's preparation. I'm Grace. (laughs) I'm Claire. And goodbye.